0: What's up, everybody? It's the Power Rankings Podcast, a.k.a. The Power Rankings Show. That was a week show. Kind of like the Rams showing. Get it?
1: hmm mm-hmm.
0: You know what we're doing tonight? We're doing a post-Thursday night, well, it's not just Thursday night game, post-kickoff game. And I'm joined, as always, by at Marcus underscore Mosher. How was your kickoff game night? Come on. That was Cheer fun. Up. I was kind of hoping we're I was hoping we're gonna get more a more
1: competitive game. Uh, but football's back, buddy. I can't complain.
0: Yeah, your enthusiasm's infectious.
1: I have a lot of things to talk about. Listen, I'm, I'm just trying to hold floor. it all in. I'm gonna
0: just give you the floor. I want give me just spill out like five things out of your football brain about tonight's game. Let's go. Uh,
1: I think the easiest thing in week one, and especially the first game of the season is just to say, hey, let's not overreact. Uh, it, it's just the first game of the year. Uh, let's wait till we get to the middle of the season. But I actually think underreacting is sometimes the wrong move to do here. And we've been talking about this Ram's offensive line for a while that, hey, when you lose Andrew Whitworth and you don't really replace him with anybody and you don't add guys in free agency, I don't know if you can expect them just to all of a sudden be really good. And I'm kind of concerned about their offensive line going forward. At the same not time, just, it's
0: not just uh, left tackle, bro.
1: No, it's not. And that's the thing is last year they had a really good left tackle who could kind of mask the interior of their offensive line. Their left tackle, Elliot, tonight, Joseph Noteboom, he allowed three sacks and 10 pressures. bro he didn't give up two, he gave up two total pressures in the playoffs last year. Two total pressures in the last six games of the 2021 season. Like he was dreadful tonight. Um, at the same time, we've been talking this preseason about Buffalo's like defensive line is really good with their starters and their backup unit is like could start for a few teams. And you saw it tonight, like just the the amount of depth and speed and athleticism they have in their front seven is terrifying.
0: Well, first thing is Where did he play on the offensive line in the postseason when you're setting those sets?
1: Uh, I think he played left tackle, didn't he? Because Whitworth was out.
0: Okay. But normally, Whitworth was a starting left tackle. Yes. Okay. So your footwork is different when you're playing on the right side of the line. Left guard is different from left tackle. Right tackle is drastically different from left tackle. Some guys can make that transition. Other guys can't. Uh, By the way, Whitworth was not out for the entire postseason last year. But um, I think what you saw is a guy that struggled against superior players. And also, we should mention, he came up limping about midway through the fourth quarter. Um, You know, when we predicted this game, if you didn't listen to our Picks podcast, check that out. We went through all the games. And, you know, you were concerned about Buffalo's young corners. And I totally understood that. But I picked the Bills in this game, Marcus, and I mentioned the Rams' offensive line was a real concern for me. One way to not be worried about your inexperienced corners is just to get after the quarterback on every play. It allows those guys to build confidence because they're only having to hold down the fort for about three seconds. Was that your like humble way of saying that I'm 1-0 and Marcus, you're 0-1 to start the season? No, but I'll take it. Um, <laughs> but one of the things also is that Buffalo got to stay in their zone coverage pretty much – the whole night got to stay in relatively a base defense they weren't really doing super complex things out there at least not from what i saw now there's a difference between watching the broadcast and watching the all 22 but you know who i think deserves a heck of a lot of credit for tonight is leslie frazier i do
1: mm-hmm. I, th- I thought you were gonna go on with that just you know that's, that's it. it okay
0: that's a quick uh, take
1: yeah the, the game plan was good it was basically hey let's let cooper cup kind of cook underneath and then we're going to take away everybody else because you can't win a game by only throwing to Cooper Cup. And uh, you look at the 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 rest of their receivers: Ben Scournick twenty five yards on six targets; Allen Robinson, two or twelve yards on two targets; Brandon Powell, one or uh, ten yards on one target; Tuto Atwell, zero yards on one target. Like that's the rest of their receivers in this game.
0: Yeah, they kept going to Higby uh, late. But by that point, the game was in doubt, and Buffalo was – or no longer in doubt, and Buffalo was more than apt to let them do that because they're going to tackle him underneath for an eight-yard gain and burn clock.
1: 39 yards for Higby on 11 targets.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like I said, they gave him the underneath stuff all day because they were protecting a lead and knew the clock was on their side. I'm referring to Buffalo's defense. Um, Allen Robinson is another thing I talked about on our podcast. I like Allen Robinson, but – you can't just assume players are not just simply moving uh, moving parts. Just because a guy produced in one place does not mean he's just going to show up and produce in another. I think this is where fantasy kind of infiltrates pro football a little bit, uh, where we just assume a guy's going to put up fantasy points or whatever. You never know what motivates a player. Maybe they've made enough money. Maybe they fit in with one quarterback and they don't fit in with the other. Maybe they're having a hard time adjusting to a new city. Maybe they're in a city where there's a great nightlife and they're partying too much. You never know what it is. There's no guarantees that Allen Robinson is just going to be a plug-and-play player for Odell Beckham. And I've told you, I think a couple of times on this podcast, if you asked me to pick out one of the most important plays of the 2021 season, it was Odell Beckham making a contested catch in the red zone against Baltimore in a game they really needed That helped them get, uh, you know, have that home game in the playoffs.
1: I'm still not all that worried about Allen Robinson. Like this game kind of got away from the Rams in the second half. They played, the offensive line was just getting crushed for the Rams. So they didn't have time to drop back and throw the ball down the field to Robinson.
0: I I think this is one where we should be a little bit patient here. I'm not saying anything against Allen Robinson. I'm just saying the idea that, oh man, this guy produced, uh, hey, Tyreek Hill is a great example. Um, do we know that Tyreek Hill is going to go to Miami and have 115 catches and 1300 and something yards and have big plays? We don't know that yet.
1: No. Can, can I talk about somebody else on the Rams? That I thought
0: at least the whole
1: situation in the backfield was interesting, right? Like we've been told all offseason that hey, Cam Akers is healthy, he's yeah. going to be the lead back here. He got 3 carries, uh 0 yards in this game. I thought he looked really slow and Darrell Henderson uh completely outsnapped them. him I think in the first two drives Henderson was the only back or only back on the field is Henderson the lead back for
0: the Rams kind of going forward well he's a physical runner he kind of does he remind you a little bit of Ronald Jones
1: a little bit I think I mean I think he's certainly a better receiver than Ronald Jones but yeah a little oh bit. yeah
0: okay maybe it's because they were the same number but uh, physical, he had a nice physical run when they needed a, a fourth down pickup there at the late in the game. Mm. But it wasn't really, you know, the game wasn't really in doubt at that point. But but uh, how many total rushing attempts for the Rams tonight? Uh, obviously not counting Matt Stafford scramble.
1: Uh, Seventeen rushes for fifty yards.
0: Yeah, I would have liked to see that number a little bit higher, um, but I know you didn't want to. You thought that was playing into the Bills' hands. I don't know that the Rams opening it up even more would have done anything because I think it was just that the pass rush was just teeing off at some oh, point. Yeah. I, be- I believe they ended up with seven sacks. They ended up with twice that many pressures. Um, Rousseau made a really nice play in the game. Uh, was it Basham had the tip ball interception? Yeah, that was great which,
1: play. Boogie Basham, great tip yeah. and interception. That was a very athletic play.
0: You know what play it reminded me of was Rousseau last year against Kansas City. Yes. Yes. In that Sunday night game, which was probably <clears throat> the Bill's last big uh, primetime win, primetime like primetime TV, um, I, I mean, if Buffalo's front seven is going to play like that, man, uh, they're going to be hard to beat. I don't care who's playing corner because they have a great pair of safeties. Who's got a oh. better pair of safeties than Buffalo?
1: Nobody. And Nobody. They, they played this game without Tredavious White, who will be back uh, here in the next three games. Um man the von miller addition i mean we we knew when they signed him like okay this has a chance to be like the perfect fit but i can't, i mean i can't even explain how much the bills defense needed that because they were so solid everywhere they just didn't have the one guy where you couldn't leave him one on one right and we saw that tonight like the the broadcast was uh was highlighting a joseph boom block and then on the very next play von miller beats him one on one like if he gets one on one matchups all year long, why couldn't Von Miller have 12 and a half, 13 and a half sacks a season?
0: Yeah, I was wrong on him. I thought he was kind of close to being done. I wasn't as excited as, as about this offseason move as you were. Um, so I was wrong about that. By the way, I just turned the gain on my mic down. If I was like seriously basing your car a second ago, my apologies. Buffalo secondary though. They really held up, Marcus, even when the rush wasn't getting there. I think those corners deserve a lot of credit. The Cooper Cup numbers got inflated in the fourth quarter. He did have 10 catches in the early fourth quarter, but it was for 86 yards. Well, and he that's the thing. that
1: it, <laughs> Depending on how you view football, like if you're a big fantasy player, you're going to think, oh, man, Cooper Cup had a great game. 13 catches, 130 yards. That's fantastic, right? But the Bills allowed nine point eight yards per catch to Cooper Cup, yeah. like and you're right, you're gonna live, you're gonna live with that. And he, had, he had one long, re, longer reception earlier in the game. Other than that, it was a lot of underneath stuff when the game was kind of already decided.
0: And he had the nice catch and run for about thirty yards at the end of yeah. the game, where he broke a few tackles. If you take those plays out and take his other eleven catches, how many yards does he have on those other eleven catches? Like, not a <laughs> maybe. Top. 70 yards, maybe, uh, something like that. He's still a great player. Obviously, no disrespect to him. But other than he and Higby, nobody was catching the ball on offense and doing anything. Uh, The backwards pass to Cam Akers was a little odd on second down early in the fourth quarter when the game was still kind of in doubt. They were only down two scores. But did it feel like to you when the Bills went up 24 to 10, I think it was on the drive they got the deep ball to Gabriel Davis. Mm Mm-hmm. And Allen had the rushing touchdown. I'm trying to remember what yes. score put them up 24-10. Um, by the way, great play to Gabriel Davis on that yeah. that deep ball. Great play. But did it feel like to you that the Rams were already out of it, even though it was only 24 to 10 and there was 10 minutes to go? I just no. I'll be honest. You know when I
1: thought the Rams were out of it, uh, it was it was halftime. Right, the score was 10 to 10. And I was, like, on my third jalapeno popper at the time. And I was thinking, the Bills had three turnovers in the first half, and this is a tied game, right? Like, if you have three turnovers, and the Rams should be up by 10 points at that point, and they weren't. So I kind of had a feeling like, hey, the Rams have to score on this first possession after halftime. I think they went three and out. Buffalo went down, got some points. Game was over.
0: Yeah. You know, one thing that you don't do with all the different entities that you cover, all 48 of your different jobs, I don't think you get asked a lot about unis. And uh, uh, my friend Lindsay sent me a text saying this game, she has the game on tape delay, tape delay, DVR what delay. Old, what an old yeah. phrase. I know. She sent me a text just now that said 10 out of 10 uniform rating. How do you feel about that uh well, this uni matchup
1: first and foremost, did the Rams change the color of their pants because to me they look more like a highlighter yellow than yeah. the yellow that amuses them seeing
0: I mean the Rams unis are okay they're they're not bad they're not bad but the chargers look better and the Rams 80s look is spectacular do you like the Rams 80s look or no? They're Dickerson Rams. Uh, Oh, I like the blue and white, like the blue and white helmets. That's the 70s. Yeah, those that's are the ones that really early 70s, so, late 60s Rams. I,
1: yeah. I like those ones. And then I like the early 2000s Rams, right? The just the that, no. Uh, oh, no, I love
0: the Kurt Warner no, ones. Those are no. the greatest show
1: on turf one. Those are the best Rams uniforms.
0: No, well, 99 Rams were good because that's their old look. But then starting in 2000, they yeah, went with yeah. this. No, I love the 2000s. You're, Buffalo's yeah, well, you,
1: uniforms. So like they finally figured out it took them a couple decades to get it right. But they finally figured out that their uniforms look awesome now.
0: Other than when they had that weird blue kind of plating on a white jersey,
1: yeah, you know,
0: around two thousand seven, like the Marshawn Lynch Bills. Other than that, I don't think the Bills can have a bad look. They may not have gotten it right, but they were all at least a B, B plus look. But I think their look now is an A.
1: Yeah, the white helmets. Going to the white helmets is is such an upgrade for them, right? Because they used to not have the white helmets. They used to be that awful dark blue
0: color. No, they're red.
1: They're red red with the blue
0: buffalo. Do you know why they went to those helmets? The white helmets? Yeah. No, the red helmet. Oh, no, go ahead. So in 83, their starting quarterback was a guy named Joe Ferguson. And I think he threw 26 interceptions that year. And in the AFC East were the Patriots who had white helmets, the Dolphins who had white helmets, the Colts used to be in the AFC East. They had white helmets. Only the Jets had green ones. So the Bills decided to change their helmet color because they thought it would help their quarterback <laughs> pick out their receivers easier. That's why they went to the red helmet. I'm not kidding. I'm not making that up. Can we talk about this game? Go back. to
1: <laughs> I- I've got some thoughts.
0: So you didn't care about my Joe no, Ferguson? That's yeah, it's all right. It's all right. I don't-, I don't blame you.
1: Did that feel extra sloppy compared to a regular week
0: one kickoff game? A little bit. A little bit, but, it, you know, I, the one thing I kept thinking about was the play calling in terms of sloppiness. Maybe sloppy is not the word, but is it a little bit of um, – is it a little messy for Ken Dorsey to be having Josh Allen running like that late in the game? Yes, yeah,
1: so I thought that was idiotic. What's the point? Like, why are you designing runs for him? He, again, he led the Bills in rushing attempts and yards in this game. Like, that's the perfect time to Just just let Zach Moss grind he up the game. He can't be fumbling, right? though,
0: late in the game. I mean, that is the that is the cardinal sin for a running back. Well, when you're salting away the clock late in the game and you fumble, that's the kind of thing Jimmy Johnson used to cut guys or for. Or just
1: run Singletary. Singletary is running really well in this game.
0: Yeah, I still don't know what that
1: guy is. It, I don't know. I, I would be... I'd be a little bit nervous about doing this 16 more times in the regular season. If you, you can't have Josh Allen have 150 carries. You can't have him to have <laughs> 150 carries, Elliot. You just can't.
0: Well, okay, let's go to the other side here. We haven't really talked about the Rams defense all, at all. One name that does not get thrown out at all when people talk about the Rams is Leonard Floyd. If he doesn't do anything for them, Marcus, they're going to have a hard time winning the Super Bowl. A really hard time. They've got to have some pass rush from somewhere. Other besides than the, the obvious, yes. Besides the obvious, yes.
1: I mean, you're not wrong, and it's not like Leonard Floyd did a lot in this game. I, I mean, he was pretty one hot- that I could remember. Um, guess how many pressures in this game? Zero. Zero, zero pressures on 27 pass rush snaps. What do you have? Two tackles, yeah. Two that's it. You can't have the one guy on your edge rushing unit who's going to get a lot of single teams. You can't have him lose literally every pass rushing rep, and he did. And it's not like it's not like Buffalo's tackles are world beaters either, right? Like that's the one spot that you can beat them a little bit concerning. It's what you. It's why you saw the Rams go out and trade for Von Miller last year is because I don't think they have very much faith in Floyd to be anything more than five, six, seven sack a year type of guy.
0: I don't want to. I don't want to make fun here, but you kind of teased me a little bit about being kind of a fan of a certain Rams defensive tackle who's no longer on the team. He's in the same city. Oh, we like Sebastian Joseph Day. He's a good player, but he's not a pass rusher though. Hey. What if I, I've said this a billion times. Give me a rotation. Just give me fresh legs with some impact defensive linemen, even if they only get three sacks. I don't know what Joseph Day had sack-wise last year. I think, he had, I think he had maybe five. Yeah, but sure. but you saw with Buffalo what a good, healthy rotation does. And they got after it, man. I don't know how many pressures they had as a team, but they were pretty consistent. At least it looked like, to me, obviously on instant reaction.
1: Yeah, again, I don't want to overreact to the preseason, but and we talked about this at the time when it happened. Like the Rams invested a lot of money into Bobby Wagner, and by all accounts, I think he was fine in this game. Like he made some really nice tackles, he was fine, right? But when your edge rushers are so bad, I mean, they basically took Von Miller's money and gave it to Bobby Wagner. I'm not sure that's a good thing to do,
0: I'm really not. It's weird him wearing forty-five, man. Like I said, so he was weird. fine.
1: He I, yeah. I didn't have any problem with Bobby Wagner's play in this game. It's just the lack of proven edge rushers on this team is very concerning going forward. And if you're the Rams, like you've got some big games coming up. Not next week. They play Atlanta, but like when you play Green Bay and you play Dallas, like do you have the the edge rushers to make those teams nervous? I don't know.
0: No, no, you know, he Wagner got called out called out a little bit by Mike Tirico when Josh Allen ran for that touchdown. Oh, that's a tough play. I mean, he, he was leaning the wrong way. He was that leaning. Josh Allen
1: has so much more size on Bobby Wagner. Like Bobby Wagner's not a big dude.
0: No, but Wagner would have stopped him in his tracks. He is that kind of player that can that's such a sure tackler. But when your toes, when you're on your toes, literally going to, to accelerate to cover a guy. And then someone comes running at you from underneath, like the quarterback. By the time you shift your body weight, and Josh Allen's body weight is already into you, it's too late. you 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 may I know that's like super detailed, but there's no way. You know Wagner needed to be able to stop, plant his feet, and get his shoulder into him. And, and so I was like, come on, man, let's not call out Bobby Wagner here.
1: I I thought he was exactly
0: what the the Rams were hoping for, like
1: really solid in the run game. Don't have to take him off the field. He's still a really good player.
0: I still wish the Chargers would have signed him, dude. That's just my little thought. Over JC Jackson. No, I just wish they would have got him all. <laughs> so, after watching this game, speaking of the Chargers, after watching this game, are the Rams still the best team in LA?
1: Yes.
0: Yes. Yes. Still sticking with him as your Super Bowl pick? Yes. Okay. Okay. Very good. I think next up for Buffalo, I think Monday night they play Tennessee.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If I'm not mistaken, uh, obviously Buffalo's had a lot of problems
1: with the Titans
0: over the last oh, yeah. couple of years. Oh, last year they got stuffed on I think two fourth and shorts. Yep. Uh, in that that was a road game. I think this game it was a night a game. Yep. Night game on Monday night, but I think this one is going to be in Buffalo. Um, and- and then they had – it was at 2020 they had a
1: game where Derrick Henry just ran all over them on early yeah. season games. Um Yeah.
0: Last year, A.J. Brown, that was a game he came back and he tore them up in yes. that game. Um be interesting to see. Of course, we, we don't know what Tennessee's going to do this weekend. We're getting way ahead of ourselves. Uh, for the Rams, like things to work on. Obviously, we talked about they need an edge uh, rusher, somebody to help Aaron Donald out. What's the deal with the running back spot? Is Allen Robinson going to get integrated in the offense? Any concern about Matt Stafford? Because he did not look good tonight. No, not really.
1: I mean, he didn't play at all in the preseason. And we should mention this. Like, Buffalo played Josh Allen and their starters on both sides of the ball in multiple preseason games. The Rams did not. The Rams did not have a single starter take a snap in the preseason. I don't know if we can excuse their play from Thursday night because they didn't play in the preseason. Um, But I think it's just going to take the Rams a couple games to get back into the swing of things. So I'm not overly concerned about them at all.
0: You know, man, something that we've been remiss on. um, I think this guy is worthy of being called a star. We don't talk about Sean McDermott. We we really don't much. We look at gap stock, you know, for uh, Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay. Sean McDermott has done a phenomenal job, and I think it's fair to call him a top-five NFL coach. I do, considering the job he has done there. He made the playoffs his first year. uh, They made the AFC Championship in 2020. They narrowly lost to Kansas City in 2021. Are there five head coaches in the league you would definitively take over Sean McDermott? I know it might be close, but that you say, yep, head and shoulders, I'm taking him before I take Sean McDermott.
1: Probably not, but you know what's really funny is – NFL fans are fickle. Uh, I was walking around my house today with my, yes, my Walkman on, uh, listening to talk radio about the Buffalo Bills because they're pretty close to me. And Bills fans were, like, calling out McDermott, like, hey, if, if he gets out coached by Sean McVay, uh, and that's the second game in a row that he gets out coached and makes stupid decisions, like, do we have to consider moving on from him? And it's like, that's that was a real conversation that was happening today in Buffalo. So as great as he's been... I think Bills fans are still a little bit I don't want to say nervous, but they're I think last season that game against the Chiefs scarred them so much that until they win multiple playoff games, I think some of those worries are still gonna be there.
0: I get it, but you just went on the road and beat the I mean there was nothing we agree there's nothing fluky about tonight's game. I mean no, yes, it was no, week one, but no. this was a domination. And oh. it could it could have been worse if Moss was four turnovers and
1: they won by twenty one points. <laughs>
0: Yes, and if Moss doesn't fumble that ball, they at least go in for a field goal. If oh, not yeah. another touchdown, we're talking 38 to 10. Yes. So weren't they already at the 30 when Moss? So, yeah, I mean,
1: they were in you know, they were in scoring range for sure.
0: Right, right. One of the things the coach has to get credit for is, hey, look, he's got to sign off on whoever replaces the outgoing Brian Dayball. So he signs off on Ken Dorsey, and he's fine with that. He deserves credit for for that. If Ken Dorsey does a good job and by and large, I think Ken Dorsey did a pretty good job tonight. Although I, I didn't like the late QB yeah, runs.
1: Yeah. I, I think Dorsey's going to be fine. I got one more question for you before we head out. Okay. Are you a little bit nervous about Jalen Ramsey? So he did not play well in this game. He allowed a perfect nope. passer rating. You go back to the Bengals game in the super bowl, right? Did not play particularly mm-hmm. well in that game. Did not play great against uh the 49ers, did not play great against the, the Buccaneers. He Got is now allo- a deep
0: ball against the Bucks.
1: He is now allo- allowed a 40-yard touchdown in six straight games. Before that, he had not allowed a single one in his first 65 games in his career.
0: Well, I'm gonna bring this full circle on you. Because you're a huge Dion guy, and you think what he's makes the greatest, you say player that? greatest player that ever lived. I was thinking today about how amazingly good Darrell Revis was. Amazingly good. Because Darrell Revis doesn't have the spectacular plays. He doesn't have the primetime plays. He just literally shut down everybody. He just sh- it didn't matter who it was. In this era, not when Dion played in the 90s, but in this era where it's a little bit easier to get away from a shutdown corner because you're not playing too wide. With two running backs and a tight end anymore. Marcus, you're mm-hmm. playing four wide a lot of the time. You're playing four wide. It's kind of easy to get away from one corner. Are there any shutdown corners in the league? Who was the best corner in the league last year? Did you play in Atlanta?
1: Or oh, did you play Dallas last year? Oh, boy. Here we go. No, there, we there's go. no such thing as a shutdown corner anymore. There's guys that don't allow a lot of yards. There's guys that get a lot of takeaways, but there's nobody that you say, hey, I want you lining up against Justin Jefferson, and you're going to take him out of the game. Like We just don't have those guys anymore.
0: And it it says something about the pass rush, too. The Rams were not getting home enough when they did get a little bit of pressure. Josh Allen did a great job stepping up. That makes it harder for Ramsey to do his job, and it made it a lot easier for these kind of, I don't want to say maligned Bills Corners, but there wasn't a lot of trust in those guys. No. Made it easier for them to do their job tonight and – I'm telling you, this can be a big problem for the Rams. It, Leonard Floyd, I think, is a really huge, huge player for them uh, going forward. Uh, I think it's time, though, that we pull a football card.
1: Okay, let's do it. I got to pull one.
0: I don't know what's All going right.
1: on back there in your office. So we've got a special set today that we're pulling All from. Right, okay. okay, it's Panini. No, it's not. This is 1991 Action Pack football.
0: Rookie set only. Okay, so you you love the action pack, but we're going just with the rookie set. Just with the rookies. Are you ready? Okay, yeah, I'm ready. Don't tell me the name. I want to see the picture, see if I can get it. Wait, what number is that guy wearing?
1: Uh, That would be number, I think it's number 20, right?
0: I have no idea who that is.
1: That's Robert Wilson, a (laughs) third-round rookie for Tampa Bay. That did not do
0: hardly anything.
1: All uh, right, let's pull a different Are one. You, you, one. You,
0: you, no, but you finally got me on a guy yeah, that right. I really can't tell you jack about. It happens. All right, ready for the next one? I love the uni, though, the all white Bucks. Oh my gosh. Is that who I think it is? Is that Dan McGuire? That's Dan McGuire. Dan McGuire, who was six foot eight. He was Mark, he's the tallest quarterback in the history of the NFL. Yeah, six foot eight. I know you're, you're checking me here. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Uh, San Diego state university. He was the tallest quarterback in the history of the league. He was Mark McGuire's brother and he did not do anything. He really struggled bad in the NFL. Now I know on the action pack, they always say on the back of the card what they're doing, but this is before Dan McGuire had even played yet. So what do they write on the back? Is it like a preseason thing? Uh, I don't know. I put it back. I, there, oh,
1: there. Way hold to on, go. Way I, to found, go. I, found, I found it. I found it. It says, um, a physically imposing quarterback who towers over defensive lines. Dan is the first Seahawks quarterback ever selected in the first round. After playing two seasons at Iowa, he transferred to San Diego State, where he finished second in school history with 528 completions and 7,484 passing yards. A first team all whack choice in 1990. He led the nation with a 1.56 interception percentage. That's pretty good. Uh, while, struggling, while ranking fourth with a 148.6 QB rating. Brother of a slugger, Mark McGuire, Dan should benefit from the NFL's modified in the grasp rule. <laughs>
0: <laughs> want a fun fact on Dan McGuire? Sure. So in 1991, he's playing for Seattle, 91, 92. Actually, 92, he started a game against uh, your Cowboys at Texas Stadium. I don't even think Seattle had 100 yards of offense in that game, if I remember right. (laughs) I'm not kidding. Uh, He was the tallest quarterback in the league, and the Seattle Mariners had the tallest pitcher in the league. Great pitcher. Who was it? Uh, Randy Johnson. That is correct. Very good. Can I show you the next card that I pulled? Yeah. Yeah, why not? Ooh, is that Brett Favre? Is, is one it, year in Atlanta? Yeah. Yeah. How many people do you think know that Brett Favre played a year for the Falcons?
1: Oh, probably not many.
0: Do you think this card's worth anything? Yeah, his first pass ever was an interception to uh like a Washington linebacker, but they didn't play him hardly at all that year, man. I I mean I, I think he got in at the end of a blowout. He was 21 years old, but I remember seeing a pregame NFL films mic'd up thing with him and Jerry Glanville. And they were trying to figure out who could throw it into the stands, like from where they were standing on the field. That was about the extent of what Brett Favre did for the Falcons. But they they did have a Pro Bowl quarterback named Chris Miller. That's it. I think Brett Favre, what did he throw? Four passes that year? Yeah, something oh, it, like that. Wasn't it a doesn't lot. even have it on there. I, like, I didn't even look. I put it back. You didn't even put it back. Here, we're done. We're done here. Hey, I hope you enjoyed this post-kickoff game pod. Probably be doing these on Sunday night if Marcus isn't lazy. But you know, Marcus has football parties every Wait, Sunday or Thursdays. Well, whatever. I don't know. What do you want to do?
1: It depends on the game.
0: Yeah, look, I know you're bummed out. You feel like you're off to a slow start. Don't don't feel that way. You know, the Rams could go on a run here, like you said. Like you always tell me, it's just week one, right?
1: Yeah, me and Joseph, no, no
0: boom. Off to a slow start. We'll get into rhythm. Don't worry. <sighs> he's the host of Locked On Cowboys with Landon McCool, and he covers the Raiders for USA Today. He's at Marcus underscore Mosher. He's depressed right now, and uh, he's going to go watch some more no boom snaps on his PFF stat reader thing. I'm Matt Harrison NFL on Twitter. We appreciate you guys joining us. Enjoy your Friday, everybody. <music>